Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. It's Heather here. I've got Mark with me and we are continuing our discussion on the Feasts of Israel or as they're known, God's appointed times. And so God appointed different times on his calendar that the people would come and worship him and remember him. And so we've got a super fun discussion on Yom Kippur today, um, which is the Feast of Atonement, uh, as it's also known. And so just a fun little tidbit here to let you guys know, though, coming up around the corner here in a sh- few short weeks, we've got a super great guest that we're going to have on the podcast. Mark, who is that amazing guest? It's not your mom. It's not your cousin. It's not your dog. Who is it going to be? Dr. Imes. What? Dr. Carmen Wait, can Imes. Can have my mom on the show? We could. Does she want to be on no, the show? It's, it's Dr. Imes. And what's she going to talk about? Do you know well, what she's going to be on for a couple of episodes? We're going to take a look at some of the content in her book called Burying God's Name. And then our second episode is going to be a super secret episode on some work that she's doing on a new book that she's going to get started. Ooh. So, okay, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it should be fun. So, Mark, you ready to um, hop in for this discussion? And by the way, we just had a great time with Charlene and Barry on our Parables cohort. That was so fun. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, I love cohorts. Come if you haven't uh, so if you haven't checked into doing a cohort yet. Go to the First Century Youth Ministry website and take a look because it is really fun meeting mm-hmm. youth pastors from all over the place and talking about the parables of Jesus together and really the, like the whole world in context of Jesus as a sage. It's super fun. It's awesome sauce. Well, hey, let's okay. have some more awesome sauce and see what Yom Kippur has to say. All right, let's dive in. Yom Kippur is the day, Yom, of atonement or cleansing, Kippur. Mm-hmm. And it's observed on the 10th day of the seventh month, which is Tishrei. Don't worry, I got you covered. That's like October 4th through the 5th. So October 4th at sunset through October 5th at nightfall this year. Ooh, okay. 2022. Nice. If you want to know 2023, you just going to have to look it up yourself because you know lunar calendars and such but um this was my favorite day of the year as a window into kind of the jewish worldview of life when i was at hebrew union college it's the holiest day of the year in judaism and it's observed during high holy days which mm-hmm. is essentially a combination of rosh hashanah which mm-hmm. is the new year Yep. So Rosh, head of Ha, the Shana year, mm-hmm. and Yom Kippur, the day of cleansing. Yeah. And um, it's basically, in modern observance, a day-long fast with intensive confession mm-hmm. and prayer for one's sins. And my friends who are serving as rabbis, um, some of them took this so seriously that they would come up to me during the day and say, Hey, Mark, I love studying with you and getting to learn together. If there's any way I've offended you in our discussing the text together, since we come from different backgrounds, 
I want you to know I love you and I'm sorry. Wow. You me. Like that's the kind of mentality yeah. that you take on. And honestly, it's a great reminder. I think um, Good Friday is really similar for us as Christians. Yeah. This remembrance that Jesus died for me and my um, own sins. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I want to be inspired to make amends and live the best possible life in Jesus that I can. For That's sure. kind of the way they view Yom Kippur. Okay? But that takes it like a big step deeper. I feel like the main focus of Yom Kippur being repentance and making amends with people yeah. whom you've done wrong. I mean, imagine how much more beautiful the church could become if people actually did this, right? I hear there are churches where like some people haven't spoken in years or sit on different sides of the congregation and they like don't get along and they don't each eat each other's potluck dishes, those kind of things. <laughs> I've heard about I that. Hear that I hear that that's a thing. Sure. I it, yeah. I don't know anything about it either, but yeah. So, you know what? I, hey, you know what? I, also that I learned about Yom Kippur, that, that, that 25 hour fast that you talked about, that some Jewish people don't even brush their teeth for that time during that 25 hours because they take it so seriously because they're not, it's a total fast, no water, no food, nothing. So they don't even want to. Really? Yeah. They didn't brush their teeth in that wild. Uh, that is wild. And I was just thinking that I struggle with my nine-year-old to get him to brush his teeth almost every day. Right. But that's yeah. not the point. Indeed. He'd be okay. okay so, Kippur, wouldn't he? He'd, he'd make it through Yom Kippur. Yeah, well, yeah. The whole eating thing though, he would probably struggle with. Oh yeah. He asks for like 18 snacks a day outside of meals. It's bonkers. Um, yeah. Anyways. And half my shopping cart every week is (laughs) snacks for auto that I would never touch. And I'm, I'm always like people judging me for all the junk food in my cart. Anyways. Right. Yom Kippur. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about its origins in the Hebrew Bible and then what it was in Jesus day. And then, how the writer of Hebrews specifically pulls it forward to talk about Jesus mm-hmm. as a cleansing or a atoning sacrifice for our sins once and for all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Yom Kippur's every year, the author of Hebrews argues that in Christ, the cleansing sacrifice has been offered once and for all for all sins for all time. Yeah. Okay. Amen. That's, yeah. Yeah. So originally Yom Kippur is a purity ritual in Leviticus 16. And it's really cool. It comes right after the story where Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Mm -hmm. try to go into the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Holy of Holies, and God zaps them. Like literally in the story, they just get incinerated. Yeah. No more sons. Right? Um, It's a far out story, and there's tons of Jewish lore about it. It's really good Mm. stuff. But anyways, it's like the... It's like the ritual takes place to show you this is how you can be pure enough to enter before a fully holy God. And so one time a year, the high priest can enter the Holy of Holies only after Yom Kippur's ritual from Leviticus 16 has been observed. And basically, the priest dresses up in all his awesome priestly gear, which we should do an episode on that sometime, actually. Oh, for sure. So he yes. gets his gear on, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he sacrifices a bull for a sin offering, uh-huh. a ram for a whole burnt offering, and then there's two goats. One Ooh. dies, one 
lives, sort of. Sent out okay. into the wilderness. Yeah. Yep. So basically, he dresses up in his priest getup. He takes the two goats uh-huh. before the tent of meeting or the tabernacle. Right. In Jesus' day, it would have been the temple, right? Sure. Yep. And they cast lots over the goats. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They like roll these lots. We don't really know what they are. Yeah. And the text says that one of the goats is for Yahweh. Mm-hmm. One is for Azazel. So one goes to Yahweh, one goes to Azazel, whatever that is. Sure. And scholars have taken that a number of ways. They've said, well, Azazel must be a region in the wilderness that they send the goat to. Sure. Um, the problem with that is there's not a region in the wilderness that we know of called Azazel ever mentioned ever. Um, other scholars have said Azazel simply means scapegoat. And it's uh-huh. where we get the term scapegoat from that you're placing your sins on this goat and they're taking the Lamed character, the preposition in the Hebrew as, mm-hmm. as, or for, for the purpose of a scapegoat as an Azazel. The problem with that is we don't have Azazel as a word for scapegoat anywhere else. So if that's true, then you're resting on just this idea that one time the scapegoats mentioned and there right. it is. Right? Sure. Um, other scholars, they think Azazel is actually a, a being. And I tend to think this too, like Ooh. a divine monster that lives out in the wild. And you send the goat out to Azazel. And what does he do with the goat? I don't know. It's his goat. Eats right? It. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I think that is that it parallels with Yahweh. The text says one is for Yahweh, one is for Azazel. So I take it as, well, that's that's a like malevolent team evil being that absorbs the sins of the people, right? Because huh. yeah, that, that goat, they don't want it to return, right? I was reading yeah. something even, here's just another view. I was reading something in my my book on the Feast of Israel that that a person would usher this um, this goat out, uh, the scapegoat, and they would push it over a mountain so that it would die. They would push it over a cliff, not a mountain, I'm sorry. Yeah push over a cliff so that it would die and its bones would break and so that it couldn't return, right? So either yeah. way, this they don't want this goat to return. The author you were reading probably thinks that they call it Azazel. Um, what did you say? The author that you were reading probably thinks that they call the goat Azazel, but that's an interpretation. Right. And in my opinion, the wrong one from, from the Hebrew text. Sure, that's but right. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, you can imagine how that tradition would develop, couldn't you? Where you like, put all the sins of the people on the goat, shove it out into the wilderness. And then he like rambles back into the camp. Like, man, Hey it's guys. Me. Like, no, that one has all the sins of the people. Let it go. So you're like, we better just shove it over a cliff. Right. Just make it, <laughs> make it die. Yeah. Okay. So after you line up the two goats and you cast lots over the goats, you sacrifice one to Yahweh. Mm-hmm put the sins of the people on another one and send it to whatever Azazel is, whether it's a place, whether it's what the goat is, whether it's uh, a desert demon. Can I make a suggestion as to what Azazel might be? Yep. What if Azazel was a group of junior high boys who dismembered the goat? Like that's that's not only a great idea. It's a great (laughs) band name. If any of your middle schoolers are starting a band, Azazel. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was a tangent and totally. No, not. I love that. Yes. And I think sometimes people get so passionate about these silly nuances in the text that we uh-huh. can't really resolve and 
bringing the levity of middle school to it really helps, doesn't <laughs> Indeed. it? Indeed. Okay, so after you cast lots, sacrifice one goat to Yahweh, yeah. and shove one with the sins of the people outside the camp, dash off a cliff, then you sacrifice the bull, and you, you sprinkle the bull's blood over everything that you need to be pure, right? Yeah. So yeah. Over the priestly garments, over sure. the altar, over the fire pans, over yep. everything, yep. right? You kill the bull. You um, spread its blood all over. And then, only then, is Aaron allowed to enter the tent of meeting, mm-hmm. right? And by the time of Jesus, there's this whole kind of internal spiritual belief that this is the day we repent from our sins, just like we were placing our sins onto the scapegoat. And they still do that in the second temple period, but they've taken on an internal like element that we're taking our sins in the ways that we've transgressed. And remember in Judaism, that doesn't just mean things that we've done that we knew we were wrong, that we knew were wrong. It also Mm -hmm. means we should have done to make the world yeah. like right, and we didn't do it. Right. So words that we didn't say right. were moments we should have been courageous for the sure. reputation of God, and we backed off. That's right. right? Yeah, Take all those mistakes, and we internally repent. Right. Um, by the time of Jesus, there's this belief that that's what you do on Yom Kippur, mm-hmm. and I love this image. I mean, the image is that. However you conduct the ritual or however you understand the scapegoat, God takes the sins of the people and places it on a perfect sacrifice. Ding, ding, and, ding. I mean, do, hear echoes of the binding of Isaac where yeah. a ram provides the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then hear echoes of Jesus. That's right. The sacrifice for our sins. Yeah. So does the writer of Hebrews. That's right. Okay. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 9. It says, now even the first covenant, so like the first way we related to God, mm-hmm. had regulations for worship in an earthly sanctuary. For a tent was constructed, the first one, in which were the lampstand, the table, the bread of the presence. This is called the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Holy of Holies, the holy place. Yeah. Behind the second Oh, behind the second curtain was the tent called the Holy of Holies. There it is. And in it stood the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid on all sides with gold, in which there was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets of the covenant and yada, yada, yada. Basically, what the author's doing is reminding you that in the wilderness, God commanded a tabernacle be built where you could approach God in layers. If you were a certain amount of holy, you could go past the first sure, curtain, sure. but only the high priest could go into the second curtain without yeah. getting zapped, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he says in verse six, such preparations having been made, the priests go continually into the first tent to carry out their ritual duties. So like past the first curtain, but only the high priest goes into the second, the Holy of Holies, and only once a year, and not without taking the blood that he offers for himself and the sins committed unintentionally by the people. Okay, so that's what 
you had to do to go into the Holy of Holies. But then he says in verse 11, when Christ came as a great high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and perfect tent, not made with human hands, that is like the reality of God's presence in, in heaven, Jesus entered once and for all into the holy place, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. And when you enter the book of Hebrews, you're basically entering a giant argument that blood sacrifice through rams and goats and bulls is no longer necessary because of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. And the whole thing behind the thing is Yom Kippur the day of atonement, the day of covering. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Again, here we go again with the God's appointed times. It all points back or points to Jesus, right? Yeah. And I I mean, the New Testament authors do this again and again. They pull the meaning of Jewish appointed times forward to speak to mm -hmm. the person of Jesus and his work. Yeah, so no more need for Yom Kippur. Jesus has covered it. He's got it taken care of. Yeah, that's what the writer of Hebrews, that's like the big argument he's trying to make in his whole book. That's pretty sweet. Well, Mark, this has been a super fun discussion on Yom Kippur and super informative for youth pastors. How do you want to land the plane today? Yeah, so I just think it's, I just think it's awesome to see that once again, the thing behind the thing in the way the New Testament author is trying to give you the person and mission of Jesus is linked to a Jewish holy time. It's just not really a concept I grew up with as no. a kid in church, yeah. but starting to understand the Jewish calendar, it, it's like a key that unlocks all the arguments being made about Jesus in the New Testament. Right. Yeah. Awesome. And it puts away lesser ones like that Jesus was just a good teacher or mm -hmm. an extra smart sage. It's like sure. the foundational imagery that he uses about himself mm -hmm. and that the authors use about him is atonement, is sacrifice, mm -hmm. is the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And yeah. here we have Yom Kippur being yeah, that's used right. to show that Jesus has atoned for us. It's yeah. really cool. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Sweet. Well, this has been such a fun episode and Friends, thanks for joining us. As always, please get checked in with us at firstcenturyyouthministry.com. Uh, look into our upcoming Israel trips, youth workers only. We'll be um, getting some trips out coming here shortly. And then also join us on our Facebook group and uh, pick up the book, First Century Youth Ministry, if you'd like to. So, friends, thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.